Hey, sis. Welcome, welcome. Come on in. Invite a friend, grab a coffee, because it's about to get real. Get ready for your host of the totally misguided podcast, T. Nicole. She's here to discuss hard topics that bring things to life and promote healing. All right, let's go. Good morning, good morning, sisters. How are you this day? How are you? Listen, get in here. Let's talk about a couple of things. I want to introduce myself uh, to you guys and tell you a little bit about my my truth and my journey. Um, I am Terika Nicole. I am, uh, first of all, I am saved. I am a follower of Christ. He is my Lord and my Savior and my King. Um, I am a single mother of three beautiful children, two of which are adult children. Uh, and then there is my surprise baby, Mr. Harrison, whom I call my joy baby. And he happens to be autistic. And so uh, if you know anything about autism, you know that I have my hands full. Uh, so a little bit more about me. Um, I am an author. I have a new book coming out, uh, and and it's called uh, Where Is Your Armor, Sis? So you guys can expect that to be released by the end of the month, and you'll be able to purchase that on Amazon. And I will will share that link on my page. So if you're not following me, please go ahead and and give me a follow. You can find me, uh, uh, hashtag Totally Misguided, on Facebook, Instagram. Um... Also, you can find me on Instagram as Terrica Nicole. So anyway, uh, a little bit more about me. I grew up in the great city with a smile of Lynn, Arkansas. And uh, I am the youngest of all of my siblings. And uh, of course, they, none of them saw me coming because when I came along, they were all grown and, and uh, married or about to be married. And uh, <laughs> let's just say my childhood was a um, bittersweet one. I, I had wonderful parents um, whom worked all the time. My mom was an, an entrepreneur and my dad, he worked uh, in the factories, but he also was a hustler. And he made sure that we were provided for. He made sure that uh, we didn't want for anything, you know. Um my mom, she was the disciplinarian. My daddy didn't, he didn't say much in the house, but you know, when you have older parents, that's just the kind of thing that, that they, they do, you know, but they didn't talk like we do, uh, in today's times. But nonetheless, um, I had wonderful parents. I, um, experienced some things in my childhood that has later showed up in my adult life. I am the survivor of molestation um, and sexual trauma. I know all of my abusers. Um, I remember everything that happened to me and I couldn't really share what happened to me until here recently because I didn't know how to process that. I didn't know how to really deal with that. Um, and, and the irony in all of those 
instances where I was violated, they all did the exact same thing um, as far as place, where it took place and um, the secrecy, the secrecy of it. Um, But I am still here and I am healed and I am whole from all of that. But when I tell you that it it caused a rift in my path, it did. Uh, Because of this and because of uh, the childhood trauma uh, of losing my, my mother, and then on top of that, the abuse, and then on top of that, uh, uh, becoming a rebellious teenager because I lost my mom and there was really nobody for me to talk to or to connect with, I began to seek out, seek attention in all the wrong places. So that began, of course, in uh, the wrong kind of relationships with me and which resulted in more abuse, this time physical and emotional abuse. So it was like, because of what happened in my childhood, I began to attract those types of of people into my life. And it was just a a vicious cycle, you know. All because I was seeking attention, somebody to connect with, somebody that would understand me and love me because I felt like there was a void. There was a void that I, I was needing filled. I just needed someone to listen to me, someone to say, hey, I got you. You know, yes, I love you. We're going to be all right. But that was the wrong way and the wrong route to take. Nonetheless, um, I survived it all. I survived it all. Um, and I can now tell people, I can tell young women what path not to take, even when life happens, even when, when traumatic events happen. You have to stop and think and pray before you make decisions on further destroying your life. I really wish that um, my older siblings who were close uh, could have stepped in during that time period and really sat down and talked to me um, and really be there for me and, and bring me in, you know, say hey what's really going on but none of those things happened and I don't know if they were just really not aware or um or you know maybe they were just totally uh, oblivious to what was happening you know sometimes people just say well you know she's just acting out I don't know what's wrong with her something's wrong with her but we really got to uh hone in on those type of things when we have our youth uh acting out and being rebellious Uh, in those manners, you know. Um, But nonetheless, I'm still here. Uh, Going through the abuse with my daughter's father was one of the most traumatic things um, in my young adulthood life. He was not only physically abusive, but he was mentally abusive. It was my first encounter with a narcissist. And he was he was very controlling. He was very manipulative, charming, um, the whole nine. He would not allow me to even sleep in the bed. You know, I had to sleep in the chair. But he was he he you know he he had his way with me basically. Um, it was I moved when he said moved. Um, even as as far as as sex, um, <laughs> I remember two times where he pulled a gun on me and told me I better not move and all of this time 
while he has the gun pointed to me, he's having sex with me. And um, so you can imagine mentally um, the trauma that I was dealing with uh, at that time. So, you know, that's, that's the way that they control you or one of the tactics that they use to control you uh, is by placing fear in you. So you don't voice um, your, your feelings about the situation. You don't know how to exit or escape the situation because they have placed this level of fear in you that paralyzes you. So you don't know how to reach out for help because you're, you're afraid. Um, not only did he do that to me and I, I ended up getting pregnant, of course, at the age of, um, 18, I was 18. So it was not too long after my mom died, um, that I was pregnant with my daughter. I was like, just turned 18. So, <clears throat> and of course that was a whole battle. I went through the physical abuse with that, um, with him jumping on me and stuff. Um, and me not even being home because, you know, I, I was, I was not living at home with my family. Uh, so it was just, just not the ideal situation. After the birth of my daughter, of course he denied her because of her skin tone. Um, and just went through a lot of things, a lot of back and forth. Um, of course, when, when the courts determined, yes, you are the father. Um, he did not pay child support. He did not. He was not supportive in the way that he should have been because it was all about control. And it escalated to the point of him kidnapping my daughter at the age of three and uh, hiding her for 31 days. I was without my baby. And in, thir in those 31 days, I searched, I searched, I searched. I had strangers helping me look for my baby because I wasn't getting any answers from him um, or his wife. Uh, as you can imagine, I was hysterical. But to add um, fuel to the fire after I got an emergency trial from the judge um, and, and, <laughs> and this God sent attorney because I didn't have money to pay an attorney, but this God sent attorney uh, fought for me. Um, I got an emergency trial and got my baby back. But in the midst of him having my child, I knew what kind of person he was, but people were not listening to me. They were not listening to me. I had no support from my family whatsoever. As a matter of fact, my family was on his side in saying that he's family, and uh, <laughs> which was crazy because we had never been married. He's family, and she's probably better off with him because they were only looking at the charm he was displaying. They were only looking at the money he was making, and I was this young single mother, which was no grounds for them saying, you know, he 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 was the better parent. Uh, they were on his side, so when I got to court, um, they were all subpoenaed to speak against me. Okay. So as you can imagine, I'm looking at my family and I'm like, this is not happening. I am in a twilight zone. This is not happening to me. I'm not a bad person. I, I you know, I'm not on drugs. I'm not out here hooking, you know, um, that's, that's not me. I work. I go to church. I work. I go to church. I go home. That was my life. And here I am being 
ostracized and 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 ridiculed and betrayed by my family okay so that 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 right there just just blew my mind so <laughs> in the midst of it right my daughter was molested by her father during those 31 days now so not only was she uh, molested um, by her father, but she also witnessed um, his his wife at that time uh, being abused uh, in the manner that that I had experienced. Um, so she she had a double trauma in that situation, you know, dealing with the molestation and then witnessing um, the wife being abused. Okay. So we 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 dealt with that, and and I was able to get my child back and protect her for from him all these years. So let's let's move on from that, uh, because as you can imagine, that has also trickled over into her adult life. But we're dealing with that. We're dealing with that, and she's done well. Um, so after that that season in my life. Uh, we move on and, and we're doing fine. And again, I'm in another relationship, uh, which wasn't abusive, but it wasn't um, ideal. Okay. And it was because I was chasing this dream of having a family. So I would find myself in relationships that were not uh, ordained by God. They were not um, a part of my path or my, my predestined path, uh, should I say. Um, this, this, this particular uh, relationship, it wasn't abusive. It's just, it, it was a friendship that should have never uh, gone any further. And out of it, uh, my son was born. And um, I don't have any anything bad to say about um, my son's father at all. We did have some 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 bumps and stuff or whatever but i'm I'm praying that all of those things will be be you know smooth out as time goes on because time does heal all wounds um and so after that relationship ended again i'm still on this path of trying to find my family right uh in relationships ended up getting married what did i do that for <laughs> Cause I didn't have any idea. Didn't have any idea what I was doing. I was actually mimicking uh, what I had seen, what what I thought was the family unit from what I had seen in church. I, um, of course, was prophesied to. <laughs> um, that I was I was going to marry a a preacher, and so um, not fully understanding what prophecy meant or, you know, how all of those things unfold, you know. Um, I ended up in a narcissistic marriage where not only was he uh, mentally and emotionally abusive, but he had some serious, serious, serious issues uh, that unfolded very quickly after the I do's. I mean, very quickly. That marriage was, was over and done with in a couple of months but um the trauma behind it was lasting okay it was very lasting uh and we move on from that right 
Like I should say, this girl cannot get it together. But you got to keep in mind, as I'm telling you a little bit about my journey, is I was looking for my family. I wanted my family. And so I'm back at church. I'm, I'm back doing what I do, doing praise and worship, and working and doing what I do. Um, a couple more years go by. And again, I am prophesied to. About the same prophet, by the way. Um, that I am to get married and to get married right away, right away to yet another preacher. And oh my lord, you're gonna have to get the book on this one, okay? And it's gonna be called the lie. <laughs> um, not only was he a narcissistic sociopath, um, he was also known as a pedophile and which I did not know. I had I had some questions about his character uh, because it was it was something, you know, it, it was some things being said, but nobody was really saying them. You know how somebody comes and tells you, hey, uh, I don't know about him, you know, but they won't tell you what they don't know about him or what they know about him. They don't come out and tell you the truth. Uh, and so I began to ask questions and I began to confront him with some things. And of course, you know, in his charming manner, he, he denied them and people just did not tell me the truth um, about him. Even my pastor at the time, I asked him point blank period, do you have anything on him? And his answer was, no, I don't have anything on him. So trusting the leadership of my pastor at the time, I, you know, I was like, okay, well, you know, I'm not going to listen to the naysayers because maybe people are hating on this guy. You know, he seemed to be established. He seemed to be, you know, well known. And, you know, the, the, the <laughs> it was set up, okay? It was set up for his sister. It, you know, he was an elder in the church. He was walking in with all the elites at the convocation. He was uh, vice president at a radio station. A lot of people knew this guy, and he talked the game, okay? He talked the game so well, I could not see what was right in front of me. I couldn't see it. And because I wasn't from the area and and didn't know him, oh, he got me. And he got me. And then, too, on the flip side, I'm thinking, okay, well, I got to obey God. You know, because I said, we need to get married now. You know, everybody's saying we need to get married. When I tell you it was not just that one particular prophet, everywhere we went, every church service we went to together, they were saying the same thing. So I'm like, what is it? Okay, Lord. All right. Okay, we're going to get married. So we got married. And when I tell you it went left, oh, my God. <laughs> Anybody that knows me knows me knows that I will go from zero to 100 in 60 seconds when I find out you have lied to me and the lies begin to roll in the truth began to be revealed and I was ticked off I was ticked off at everybody I was ticked off at him I was ticked off at the people that I questioned uh, two of which passed away so I couldn't go back and confront them um, I saw, we, so we went to counseling we went to, uh, we talked to other couples and, and, and did all kinds of things. I prayed, you know, and there was no change. As a matter of fact, it got worse and worse and worse and worse until finally, I don't know if that, that pastor was, was sick of seeing us or, or what the issue was, 
but he was done. He was done with it. But at, at he wasn't at first he was being supportive, but then all of a sudden it flipped. It was like, I'll leave him alone. He ain't had no daddy in his life and yada yada yada. And I'm like, listen, dude is not right. Dude is out here messing with little kids. Dude is not faithful to me. Dude is is he, he doing stuff he ain't got no business doing and he's still sitting up in that pool pit. You know, so I was like, I was flipping out. I was flipping out, but I had to keep my face. I had to keep my face. And as you can imagine, it was so difficult for me to do that. Because that reality showed up in my house. It showed up in my house when he did the unthinkable to our son. And I was done. I was done. And at that point, when I was done, I didn't know how to voice what had happened. Because if you've ever been paralyzed in a moment in your life, you're just silent. You're still. Um, And I left. At that very point, I left the church and everything that I've ever been familiar with in my life. I cut it off. Because I felt like... I felt like... I couldn't escape him. I needed to escape him or I was going to be in a mental facility because he was he was destroying my name, he was destroying my my mental, <laughs> you know. And you know what the one thing narcissists do is they they destroy the soul. They come after the soul because you got to remember they're workers of iniquity and 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 <laughs> their darkness okay their darkness is a whole nother level of evil uh that that attacks your spirit and so that's what i was dealing with and amazingly nobody in the church and i mean absolutely nobody could see it and i'm like god what is happening these people don't have discernment but it was like they were punishing me and they were rejecting me and they were were ostracizing me as if i was the foolish wife that wasn't building her home, that wasn't praying for her husband, that wasn't being supportive of her husband. You doggone right. I wasn't supporting that stuff. I'm not. Because guess what? God despises a liar. He said a liar can't even enter into the kingdom. So if I'm a follower of Christ, I feel just like my daddy did, right? I feel just like my dad. I despise liars. Don't ever lie to me. You know, that they're right there. They're right there. We'll get you cut off with me. And that was my take on it. And I wasn't moving. I I stood on what I believed. And I didn't believe that someone like him needed to be in a position of of praying for people, being around young people, uh, uh, getting up quoting scriptures, and, you know, in in operation. He did not need to be there. No, I'm not the judge and the jury. But if if I am the wife and I'm seeing what's going on behind the scenes (laughs) and I'm not exaggerating and I'm crying out for help, Somebody needs to step in and help, but guess what? They were not doing that. They turned their heads. They turned their backs on me, and that destroyed my spirit. That destroyed me. So I I left the church. I left it um, because I I no longer believed in what they were selling. There was nothing that they could tell me. that would that would convince me to stay there was absolutely nothing that they could tell me to convince me to stay i didn't want to hear them preach i didn't want to hear any singing i didn't want 
to deal with them because everywhere I went, there he would be. And so I had to cut myself off. I had to remove myself from the situation, go get therapy, and begin to heal. And I thank God for my therapist because she was Christian. But she wasn't overbearing. She wasn't judgmental. Uh, and she heard me. She knew exactly what had happened to me from childhood to this moment. She knew exactly what happened to me. And she was able to bring those things out and make them make sense and put everything into perspective so I could begin my healing journey. Now, mind you, this took time. This didn't happen overnight. So between her and God and my children, I'm still here. I'm still here with my sound mind. I'm still here with my love for Christ and even more now because I can hear clearly. I don't have people in my ear prophesying to me, telling me what I need to do and, and manipulating my steps and telling me, hey, you need to go there. You need to do this. You need to wear this. I don't have that in my life anymore. And I'm so glad to be free. I'm so glad to be healed. I'm so ecstatic to be whole again. It took time. It took a lot of time. And... I was affected by all of this. So my children were because they were right there with me. So as a family unit, we've had to go through therapy. We've had to be healed. And people just have no clue the amount of trauma that I went through. They actually diagnosed me with anxiety and post-traumatic um, um, PTSD, you know, because of it. And I, I don't take medication, thank the Lord, but... <laughs> Let me just tell you, God is amazing. He's amazing. He's amazing. He's amazing. When when I used to sing the song, He's my waymaker and my promise keeper, you know, <laughs> that resonated during that period because He made a way for me to escape the hell that I was living. He made a way for me to to be provided for. He made a way for me to heal. He made a way for me to be whole again. God is my everything. Okay, he's my everything. I, I live, move, and in him I have my being. And his glory is being revealed in my life. All of that hell and trauma, God's glory is being revealed. I used to sing the song, for your glory, God, I'll do anything. And I, I didn't know the depths of it, but I felt it in my spirit. And I <laughs> let me tell you, his glory is being revealed and, and, and the best is yet to come. God has, has embedded his word into my heart. He's embedded his, his love and he's wrapped his arms around me and let me know that I'm not alone. I'm never alone. He's there. And I can hear him so clearly now. So I wanted to share a little bit of my journey and just tell you a little bit about me. I've got some books coming out uh, and I'll go ahead and give you the titles. The first one that's getting ready to roll out is Sis, Where's Your Armor? And of course, we're going to be talking about putting on the whole armor of God, but it's going to be relatable to today's time and today's woman and how to combat those things that, that come against you as young women, as young queens. So I encourage you to get it. I'll let you know when it drops. The next one that's coming out is exit strategy. I want to help women who are in those particular situations, give them some exit strategies and give them biblical basis on how to escape and how to heal and how to become whole uh, after experiencing trauma, okay? And then the next one uh, will be Model 31. Now, everybody knows about the Proverbs 31 woman, but this one, I wanted to put my own spin on it 
because we're dealing with the millennials and we're dealing with young women who have lost their way and um, they seek attention in all the wrong ways and so they're setting themselves up for failure and don't even know it so I want to be able to reach out to uh, my young queens and, and, and women uh, who just need just a little boost and a little reminder in who they are, who God created them to be. And then the one that everybody's going to be waiting on is the lie. And I'm going to get a little bit more in depth of uh, the traumatic experience uh, with the marriage because it is it's not it's my hope to not only expose but to uh, bring to light uh, the level of narcissistic abuse that women deal with in our churches, uh, the silent tears, the, the, the horror that they live in and still have to put on these masks, uh, and they have to do it alone. And I want to uh, bring that to the light uh, in hopes that someone can be delivered and someone can be set free from these this type of bondage. So anyway, thank you so much for, for joining me for, for this episode. Uh, I hope that uh, you have uh, been enlightened a little bit about me. I hope that uh, you will continue to sit in and listen because I have so much to share with you all, so much um, love to give to you all. And and it is my prayer that you be happy, healed, whole, and and filled with the precious gift of the Holy Ghost because we cannot live uh, in this life without God. If you don't have God, please, please, please seek guidance in, in that manner uh, so that, you know, your, your soul is not lost and that you can have a fulfilled life. Um, I love you all and I want to tell you thank you so much for listening in. Let us pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I want to thank you for this opportunity, God, to share with, with this, this audience a little bit about me so they can get to know me better. I wanted to share how certain things in life will have you totally misguided, God. And I want to thank you for equipping me to do this, God. God, I want to pray for every woman that's listening, God. I pray that they are healed, happy, and whole, God, in you, God. I pray that they, if they are in situations of narcissistic abuse, sexual abuse, any kind of trauma, God, that, God, you make a way for them to escape, God. You make a way... For them to have the resources and people around them to help bring them out in the name of Jesus. I pray healing over their minds, healing over their souls and their spirits, oh God, just like you healed me, God. God, step in and rescue them in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you for those that you placed around me and to help bring me to this point in my life, God. I thank you for being a provider, oh God. I thank you for being my El Shaddai. My shield and my buckler, God, I thank you, O oh God, for being my war horse, God, for fighting on my behalf, God, when I didn't have the strength. God, I thank you for showing up in my life. I thank you for coming to see about me. And God, I ask that you do the exact same thing for those that are listening, O oh God. God, they will know you to be God when, when you show up, O oh God. I appreciate you. I love you. Thank you for listening. And in the name of Jesus, be well, sis. Be well. I'll see you soon. See you next week. Love you all. Bye-bye. All right, ladies. This concludes another show with your girl, Tina Cole. And it is our prayer that you are enlightened, educated, and motivated to begin your healing journey. Be well, sis. 
and we'll catch you in the next episode.